Russia. Not exactly, uh, uh, you know... Uh, Canada's uh, Wonderland. Not very well said. <laughs> <laughs> That's the takeaway from this episode. 1500s Russia. Not exactly Canada's Wonderland. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to Evil Men. I'm Chris, and I'm here with Mike and James, and we just are going to talk to you about some crazy, an evil man, probably. That's what it's about. It's what it's right? about. You're going to have some fun, nothing too serious, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling... We uh, took a bit of a break since our last episode, but we're back full of, full of beans, mm-hmm. full of energy. Mm-hmm. Mike, you might be full of beans, but I'm not full of beans. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm just working on a character uh, there. It's like a mafia guy who is uncomfortable with the expression full of beans. All right. Hey, I'm not full of beans over here. Who is this guy? Get him out of here. <laughs> I don't have this any fu- beans. <laughs> this fucking guy says I'm full of beans? What does that even fucking mean? What the fuck you mean I'm full of beans? How the fuck am I full of beans? Where you get where you getting these beans from, huh? You going to the store and getting a tin of beans and you're opening it and you're pouring it on me? Is that what you're fucking saying to me? Hey, 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 hey. go get your beans box. <laughs> What'd you say? You heard me. Go get your fucking beans box. Your good fellas. Great film. Classic movie. Yeah. Um, I was watching a Food Network uh, barbecue competition show on the weekend mm. uh, oh. called Flame Masters or something. And uh, <laughs> one of the challenges, the the two chefs had to go head to head making a brunch to uh, to see who could make the best brunch. And the one chef made like a delicious looking like uh, poached eggs and. Like a fruit salad and uh, salmon and lox kind of thing. And the other chef made a barbecued cod uh, brunch uh, with beans. <laughs> and that just looked absolutely revolting. Barbecued cod for breakfast. Yeah, nice. imagine you imagine you have like, um, a, a, you know, you're on a date and the woman stays over and you're like, I'm going to really wow her with a sexy brunch in the morning. And you get up early and you go, I made you brunch. And you bring it on in bed on a tray, a big grilled cod and a bunch of beans on it. Was he like a Creole man? Was it some sort of Cajun dish? It was Canadian. Uh, so oh. the man, Woo-hoo! I think the guy was a fucking Ontarian. <laughs> Is Flame Masters Canadian? Well, this one, this version was, yeah, and it was hosted yes. by a guy who looks like he stepped out of a, like a Frank and Oak ad, who like came to life, like struck uh. by lightning, and then he's hosting a barbecue show. Today on Flame Masters. If you, if people hey, who are happy brunch, I made you some cod, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you hosers. If people from America wonder what Canadian television is like, it's just American shows with the word Canada after it. That's right. Pretty Flame much. Masters Canada. Um, American Late Idol David, Canada. Yeah, Late Night with David Letterman Canada. 
Friends Canada. <laughs> Rick and Morty Canada. <laughs> hey, we're friends Canada. too, right? Hey, we're, we're good friends too, right? Up here. It's five twenty somethings uh, who moved to Toronto to make it in the big city to a degree because there's a definite <laughs> Ceiling on how successful the friends can become. That's when the hornet stung me. <laughs> have you guys have you guys seen the viral videos? There's this like Canadian viral YouTuber called Brittle Star. He calls himself Brittle Star. And his I whole thing certainly is like, have watched a lot of I'm, his videos. I'm Mike, the most viral not, dad Do in not Canada. trash him, man. He has so many followers. Do not trash him. He has a lot of followers, and according to his website, he's made very successful viral videos for brands such as like Subway, Petro-Canada, KFC. <laughs> yes. Yep. And uh, he sells a lot of merch, and uh, I was talking to our friend Ben Stagger, who's a very funny comedian, and a sometimes host of the podcast, The Tim's Talk Line, all about Tim's Hor- Tim Hortons, and mm-hmm. Ben Stagger had done some research on Brittle Star, and apparently he turned to YouTube videos after his business was wiped out by a hacker, and he didn't elaborate. <laughs> Whoa. That sucks. Yeah. Learn to code, bro. You know, Brittle Star's videos are all like, it's so weird because he basically waits for something bad to happen. And then he does like a somber video where he looks to camera and is like, listen, we're almost through COVID. Just, just wait a little longer. It's like Kraft Dinner. You don't eat it before it's done. You wait a little longer. And then he gets a million views and he probably gets like $10,000 on advertising or something. So he's just like waiting around for bad stuff to happen and then tell us it's bad and then this is his whole life you know what though james he's right about craft dinner (laughs) you don't eat it before it's done and i never thought of that before (laughs) it's a good point here's brittle star here's brittle star he's sitting at home saying he's a hack (laughs) i'm not saying he's a hack i'm just saying you know what is it what's going on what is he doing Here's yeah. my impression of how Brittle Star's creative process works. The famous Canadian viral YouTuber Brittle Star. He's walking around his house going, ideas, I need some ideas, I'm out of ideas, I'm all washed up. And then on the news, like, breaking news, there's been a horrific pileup on the 401. And he goes, <laughs> yes, I've got some ideas. <laughs> Listen, you've got to learn to drive slowly. Think of it as like when you're making a butter tart. You don't make it quickly. You make it slowly. <laughs> 10,000 retreats. The pileup on the uh, 401, the devastating pileup on the 401 today has really put in perspective a lot of things for me. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, when you're barbecuing a cod for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, you flip it too soon, it gets all mushy and it looks like a bunch of dead bodies all jambled up together. <laughs> He's a good guy, eh? Mike and guys, <laughs> this is really appropriate, actually. Um, but especially, Mike, I think you might like this. I got New Yorker sent me a, a letter to be like, can you please keep subscribing to us? I subscribe online, not in physical. Mm-hmm. But they, they give you fun postcards with the fun New Yorker comics on it. 
Oh, and I think God. you would really appreciate this one. So what it does is it's a kid at a playground, and the son or the father is kneeling down with his arm on his son, son and he's giving him advice. This is the advice. <laughs> son, if you can't say something nice, say something clever but devastating. Oh, oh damn! And these days and times, don't you think that is actually uh, appropriate fatherly advice? Wow, right? Roast battles, everything that's going on. Oh. Roast battles, sassing people online. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kid is probably going to turn out, out to be like a really famous comedian. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's not even a joke, this New Yorker cartoon. <laughs> it's actually advice for these days and times. <laughs> My brother saw a documentary at the, uh, the Toronto Hot Docs Festival a few years ago that was all about... New Yorker cartoons and my brother was like the youngest person in the audience by like 40 years and he was so mad at the end of the he told me that like everyone in the audience every time they would show like a full screen New Yorker cartoon everyone in the audience was like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's kind of dystopian (laughs) Chris, I just saw you put glasses on. I've never seen you with glasses on before. Oh, they're like Canadian Tire, like checkout counter glasses. Yeah, so they're cool. I, I've uh, a couple years ago, I read. I'm bragging right now. I read both the Iliad and the Odyssey by Homer with Canadian right, Tire glasses. <laughs> no, no. But right after I oh. finished completed the Odyssey, which is something I've wanted to do for years, forever. Um, the next time I tried reading another book, my sight was like gone. <laughs> and those I are picture two... you walking around Canadian Tire and there's like a guy like putting like, I don't know, tools up on a shelf. You're like, excuse me, sir. Um, where are the eyeglasses? I ruined my vision by reading a Greek classic. <laughs> oh, well, it's right over by the uh, bidets and uh, toilets. <laughs> I love that you mean shit. You don't read. You read off the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like glasses, reading glasses would be just like a toilet thing to most people that go to Canadian Tire. Is that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> everything you need for the bathroom. There's sinks, toilets, bidets, and reading glasses. And reading glasses for your comics <laughs> or porno magazines. What's Where's this girl's all- name? <laughs> <laughs> the print, the, the writing is so small under the picture. I can't see. What the hell is this naked lady's name? God damn it! Where are my glasses? Jucinda. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna text that to myself. Yeah. Looks like she's got a link here. I got my eyes tested about a month ago, and the doctor told me. Uh, I have thin jelly around my retinas. And now, if listeners oh at home, God. I know you're gonna get, you're hearing me say thin jelly around my retinas. I know you're gonna get all uh, hot and bothered. Um, and it means that there's a <laughs> there's a slight chance I could suffer a detached retina at any moment. And I, <laughs> and I asked him like, "Well, how do I know?" He's like, "Oh, you'll know. You'll you'll see like intense white flashes in your left eye, and you uh, if that happens." Uh, please don't delay contacting us. Oh my God. That's comforting. I'm so sorry. If an optometrist ever 
said something like that to me, I would I would go take it back. Take that back right now. <laughs> I wouldn't accept that news. And I, I thought the thin jelly was going to be jelly. he was going to say you have to scrape it off with a knife and put it on a bread with peanut butter. <laughs> You've got what we yeah. call delicious eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you have strawberry jam all over your eyes, kid. I'm sorry to tell you, but you have, sir, you have thin jelly in your eyes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't be sad. It's a wonderful thing. Here. And then he takes a little <laughs> knife and scrapes it out, puts it on your tongue. Like, I'm delicious. <laughs> sir, in you our- have green jelly around the retinas of your eyes. Remember them? The Three Little Pigs song? <laughs> we never went over the mountain to see what he could see. Well, what do you think, guys? Should we transition mm-hmm. to our topic? Chris, who is today's evil man subject? Man, this guy is the evilest. It's crazy. What do you think of evil men? The guy, his name is Ivan the Terrible. The Terrible is in his name. Okay. Um, do you all know who Ivan the Terrible is? Holy moly. He was uh, Russia's... Uh, here, I'll read, I'll read this. So we're talking... He was born from 1530... To 1584 is when he died. Ivan the Terrible was the first czar of all Russia. During his reign, he acquired vast amounts of land through ruthless means, creating a centrally controlled government. So that's kind of like the good thing he did was he united, he gained a lot of land and he united Russia, the massive new Russia under one central sort of government. Right. That doesn't sound terrible to me. That sounds like... Yeah, sounds nice. Yeah, he was a good, good guy. He was but cool. Really, what he was was he was like a kid that inherited the throne too young. The nobility around him at the time, who they are called the uh, the boyer, they're like the nobles, the aristocrats, were always. It was like a snake pit. They were always vying for, you know, trying to get control of the the government, control of whatever the throne. I don't know what they were, you know, but like so he grew up in this really shit environment and basically the rest of his reign while yeah he was acquiring land and stuff he was sadistic towards the nobility and uh the boyer as they're called and uh basically just took out his whole reign against them in such a devastating evil way and uh, some people who are like champions of like the working class might be like, "Hey, well, at least the nobility and the aristocrats get what they deserve." And he was pro working class. The working class suffered from everything he did as well. <laughs> yeah, so there's oh, a lot to unpack with this guy's insane life. Uh, very unlucky. Um, from birth unlucky to death, in love. Yes. <laughs> from birth to death, his life was crap. And before he was, can I just say one thing? Before he was born, his heritage was crap. And even after he died, for years, his legacy was crap. It's just a terrible situation. I don't really understand. How could his life be crap if he was the leader? Yeah, I know. Well, he probably like had good food and nice clothes. Yeah, and probably a bit of bow check about bow. <laughs> yeah, he jams with a bunch of wives. Um, <laughs> He, he, was was mu- a- he was into music? <laughs> yeah, he had a, like he had jam a garage bands? band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what cool. What instrument did he play? 
Uh, he played like a, he had this like scepter that he would just bang on a gong. <laughs> I didn't take notes. I read a lot about him, but I didn't take notes. Do you guys mind if I reference biography.com? Shout out to biography.com for some of the, for some of the main points. Not at all. I mean, I definitely don't mind. Um, Sounds good. Okay. So before oh, yeah. before you begin though, Chris, cause I just I just want to. Um, you said something earlier yeah. that he was around in the what the fifteen hundreds. So listeners, if you're thinking like you know mm-hmm. we we've heard of like nineties kids or like we have ideas about you know like the eighties or like you know the seventies we associate with disco, the Beatles, sixties with you know Woodstock and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the Beatles in the fifteen hundreds, I guess. Uh, we associate with, you know, there's no, mm-hmm. first of all, there was no TVs, no, no cell phones. Um, and I imagine Russia at the time was, uh, mm-hmm. just cold, very muddy and probably cold. Uh, I mean, yeah, pr- very no, it was definitely a time yeah. where a mentally disturbed man could sit alone, form <laughs> grudges, never let them go, lose their mind and spend their whole <laughs> life, uh, uh, exercising wrath against anyone he pleased. So, sounds like he's a Toronto stand-up comedian. <laughs> it also sounds like Ivan the Terrible could have benefited from uh, a campaign like Bell Let's Talk, <laughs> where if he was feeling mentally ill, he could call someone, reach out to a friend, because guys these days, especially uh, for the first time, feel that like it's okay to talk about how they're feeling you know it'd be cool if bell let's talk raised enough money to make a time machine so howie mandel could go back and talk to (laughs) ivan the terrible you know what would be good too if bell raised enough money to go back in time and give ivan the terrible like a cell phone with twitter because a lot of celebs are leaving their dms open that day if he needs to talk I like the idea of Howie Mandel <laughs> traveling back in time to the 1500s Russia, and then Ivan the Terrible immediately has the guard seize him and put him in a dungeon for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> if Howie Mandel went back to try and uh, talk sense into Ivan the Terrible, he would have been locked <laughs> in a cell and starved to death, left alone to starve to death. Uh, actually, Ivan, well, I we don't, don't shake hands. I don't shake hands because I'm very nervous about germs. <laughs> what is this man insulting me for? You Put know? him in the germs chamber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I just want to say, because I, I, I mentioned that his life before he was even born, was his dad was like, the. Uh, oh, here's some funny irony. He's the grandson of Ivan the Great. Oh, that sucks. Damn. <laughs> Fail. Am I right? <laughs> if you come from a man called the Great and then... The the apples yeah. just literally crumble, uh, you know, a couple generations later, and you're called the terrible. Uh, you you blew fucked it. up. Yeah. You just <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Ivan the terrible, you done fucked up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, what was his dad's name? His dad was uh, 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 Dougie. Is he? <laughs> oh, where Dougie. is it? His dad was called Vasily. Uh, he was like. Um, Silly Vasily, but he was called Vasily. He was Vasily the Third. I don't. I have no notes. Uh, but his his nickname was the Adequate. Ooh. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. It went from the Great to the ter- to Adequate to the Terrible. And then after Ivan the Terrible, it was uh, 
let's not even talk about it. You know? <laughs> After that, it was Ivan the don't go there. <laughs> it was like the... Uh, the Ivan, the do you hear something? No, nah, it must have been the wind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in in biography dot dot com, it's named Basil Basil the Third um, was his dad's name, uh, but I read it as Vasily. So maybe Basil is hmm. English translation of Vasily. Anyways. Makes you think about Basil Fawlty. Me from too, Towers. Mike. If his name was Vasily Fawlty, you know what I mean? Like a Russian <laughs> Russian version of Fawlty Towers. Manuel! <laughs> oh, I bet you a Russian version of Fawlty Towers just killed in Russia when it came out at the time. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a lot more like mean and like violent. Manuel was a Chechen and they just, just like poisoned him every episode. <laughs> oh, good thing he brought up poison. Po- poison figures... Very prominently in everybody's life around really? Ivan the Terrible. So is poison like a? If it comes up in the life of Ivan the Terrible, is poison yeah. just like a, like a traditional part of Russian culture? <laughs> Russia loves poisoning people. It definitely seems like they've uh, agreed centuries ago that it's the most convenient uh, person remover. It's yeah, it's like yeah, yeah nail polish remover to them. Um. I'll read this little blurb here just to give you guys a clean, uh, you know, biography.com does a good clean background. The grandson of Ivan the Great, Ivan the Terrible was born Ivan Chetiorti Vasilovich on August 25th, 1530 in the Grand Duchy of Muscovy, Russia. Do you know what Muscovy is, Mike? You probably know, right? I think it's probably Moscow. It's Moscow. To yes. members of the Rurik dynasty. His father, Basil III, or maybe Vasily, died when he was three years old. Okay? Oh. So his dad died right away. <clears throat> his mother, Elena Glinskaya, ruled as regent until her death in 1538 when Ivan was eight. So what they're not saying here is his father was actually very old. That's why he died when Ivan was three years old. His dad... Um, actually had a first wife that he loved like crazy, but they pumped and pumped and pumped for years and never had an heir. So right before okay. when his life was getting older and he was past middle age, he uh, finally ditched her and married this young, 30 years younger woman, Elena Glinskaya. And she finally, uh, after a year or two, gave him the son, Ivan. And uh, so it says here, during this time, the realm rapidly degenerated into chaos as rival Boyer, which we said is the noble aristocratic families, disputed the legitimacy of her rule. So those guys were, everybody was like a bastard and they were all scheming. They all wanted control. They all wanted to rule Russia. And by doing this, they basically tossed Ivan aside, wayward. They didn't give a shit about him. And they treated him like crap. And uh, oh, here just because he had a young hot mom, they were like, "You're not you. You're nothing. You're not the real heir." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's They're like, "This mean. can't be." Yeah, like. Anyways, the court intrigue hmm. and constant danger that Ivan was exposed to while growing up molded much of his ruthless and suspicious nature. Ev- <laughs> evidence indicates that Ivan was a sensitive, intelligent boy, neglected and occasionally scorned by members of the nobility who looked after him after his parents' death. The environment nurtured his hatred for the Boyer class, whom he suspected for being involved in his mother's death, which uh, it doesn't say here, but they did dig her bones up. Like, 
I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I think it was even in the last century, and they did detect. You know, when they had the 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 means to do it, they detected yeah high levels of mercury in her bones. I think she was so like, they poisoned. poisoned they poisoned his damn mom. They poisoned everybody, man. Uh, wow. Here's, this is a. I think Michael really liked this sentence. He reportedly tortured small animals as a boy, yet still managed to develop a taste for literature and music. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like nice? Most, like most kids who torture animals, you know, end up like reading, not enjoying music. <laughs> so he was like an, an art snob who also knew how to like crush a dog's skull. <laughs> so yeah, he, he became the first czar of Muscovy, Moscow. So the first czar, he's got some problems. That's a rough, you know, that's a rough childhood, no matter no matter which way you slice it. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. He's basically born into a viper pit. His mom was uh Elena was an evil ruler too. She she ruled harshly, like executed people who mm. she questioned their loyalty, etc. Um it's yeah. Queen Queen. Yeah. Definitely queen yes, diva queen. behavior. Oh, can I tell you one thing about Elena too? Before we move on, yeah. Um, even her own brother. So he was trying to like he was budding up to her, and she was like someone he 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 could trust when she was acting in power. But she sus- suspiciously um, suspected that he was getting too close and m- maneuvering to get more power himself. And uh, so what she did was, I, this is where I got the joke. She sent him to prison and let him starve to death. No one visited him. He just started to death in prison. <laughs> Her own brother. And this is like Ivan's mom. What's that noise? Oh, it's my brother's yelps coming from the vent. <laughs> I put hungry. him in there to kill him. Yeah, he's hungry, but I don't care. But Ivan did have a younger brother, and he claimed that uh, the, uh, the, the boyers um, treated him little better than peasants they often went hungry and had to wear old shabby clothing and so that gave him obviously a lifelong hatred of the boyers right and uh this is another website i was reading earlier today when he came of age they would come to regret ever crossing him (laughs) all right this is sounding like a jason statham movie it's Um, sick dude it's revenge for like decades um ivan uh i hope that uh we can uh somehow make amends with you know i you know how we made you wear rags and eat garbage <laughs> well let's let bygones be bygones don't starve don't starve me to death in a dungeon <laughs> yeah that was to toughen you up we wanted our ruler to have quite the backbone and you know, quite the con- you know constitution, and also you you look very fit. You know, we kept you trim by not feeding you right, and you know yeah. you're very attractive. Yeah. Imagine how like if the if like the British royal family still if it operated this way, like, where like Prince Charles had been locked away and starved as a boy, <laughs> and then he became like he was like vindictive, and then murdered his mom, maybe, and then became like a wicked king uh, in the year, you know. Let's say 1996. That, that when you said a fun. wicked king, I imagined he kind of is, has like a an insane clown posse aesthetic when he takes over. <laughs> He's like the Joker. Because <laughs> royal families don't have this type of... Uh, I mean, there's fun. some drama, but it's not like yeah. starving each other to death, poisoning each other, I taking know. out you know, vengeance. It's just like, oh, the prince moved to 
LA to work for Netflix. <laughs> it's so corporate now. So when he was 16, that's when he donned the Monomox cap and he was the first czar ever of Russia. And he said, um, y'all in it deep now. And uh, <laughs> what is this hat? Is it like a, the big special king's hat or like a, yeah, it it looks, a cowboy it's a, it's a dumb hat. Yeah. Okay. You get hat. to wear this dumb hat, Ivan. And uh Don't kill us. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had a and then he needed to find a Zaritza, which is like a really cute name for like girl czar. It yeah. is cute. Mmm. Yeah. It Zaritza. does make you think of a cute girl. I like my Zaritzas with salsa and guacamole. <laughs> do you think that Ivan the Terrible, when he became Czar, do you think he ever sang this? Me one gal. <laughs> I don't know what is that. Isn't that? Yeah, yeah I think he sang that in his bathtub. A golden. Isn't that Shaba Ranks? <laughs> or am I thinking of something else? I don't know any Shaba Ranks. Okay, well, but I love it. Well, right. there's girls, girls every day from London to Canada and USA. Trailer right. load, trailer load, trailer load of girls. Right, and hey, that sh- is, is that- a good build because fifteen thousand girls showed up to the Czar's doorstep. <laughs> To be the Tsaritsa, and really? he chose one, Anastasia Romanovna, the first Tsaritsa. That's a true thing? All these women showed up because they wanted to be his wife, and he just picked one, like the bachelor? Yeah, they sent out invitations to all the prominent noble families across Russia, Shit. and were like, yes. send your eligible daughters to, uh, daughters to Moscow. <laughs> I'm not joking! That's I'm every reading. guy's dream, though, right? To like have yeah. a very violent and chaotic childhood, and then suddenly you come <laughs> of age and you've got fifteen thousand girls to choose from. You know, <laughs> girls, girls every day from London, Canada, and USA, <laughs> and some of us from Minsk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he went from being a loser to basically the number one stud in the world. Yeah, and Anastasia and him actually, she had a calming effect on him. And they had a really great relationship. Oh. Now, um, I got to tell you this. This part, we're just getting going, all right? With oh, the tragedies. Yeah. Anyways, they had, they started trying to like, you know, do the thing that all czars and kings and rulers do. They try to make like an heir to the throne with the penis and vagina. And then he did put the penis and vagina in her a lot. But two daughters were born. But they... Were bo- they both died quickly, uh, all mm. right, right after uh, birth. So that's not nice, right? That's sad for the two first that's two daughters. Fail. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a daughter fail. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take that part out. It was in the 1500s. <laughs> yeah, it was the 1500s. Every, everything was cold and muddy, even like where you gave birth, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That's so <laughs> Yeah, both girls died in their infancy. It was very sad. The couple was devastated. But soon she bore Ivan a healthy son. They named the boy Dimitri, and the whole nation rejoiced. The Tsar had an heir, Dimitri. He wasn't sick like his two sisters, and he was all good to go. Nice. For some reason, Ivan, like when Dimitri was only eight months old, Ivan said that they they had to go on this pointless 1000 mile journey it was like 
I don't know why. Some pilgrimage. He wanted to visit some people a thousand miles away. His advisors advised against it because the child was too young. They're sailing north on a river. This is totally true. Oh, God. I hate saying this. A giant wave (laughs) smashed the boat. Everybody got rocked out. Dimitri, eight months old, goes into the swirling water. Doesn't make it. All of the adults survive. Ah. Damn. So it's like, he's bad luck, bad decision. You know what I mean? So He's just like making himself more grumpy. Zars, if you're listening, take a lesson from this. Don't take a newborn baby on a thousand mile journey by boat on rough waters because you're going to lose the child. The problem with the, the problem that just inherently comes with being a czar is like I'm going to listen to a, an advisor. I'm a czar. You know what I mean? And he probably hated his advisors because they were like boyers too. So he was like, I know you yeah. guys you guys are snakes, so you know, fuck you. I'm taking my I'm taking Dimitri on a long boat trip. <laughs> yeah. So this so a year after the tragic loss of Dimitri, Anastasia gives birth to another son. <clears throat> this is Cesarevich, Ivan Ivanovich. But he's a good boy. He uh his parents are obsessed with the boy's safety. Uh, you know, he he grows up into an inter- uh, intelligent young man, and he loves his father. He accompanies his father to war, and at one point, <laughs> even saving the czar's life. So he's a good son, right? Right. Like, oh yeah, in the beginning of his reign, <clears throat> there's a great blaze in Moscow uh, that basically burned down the whole city. <laughs> That it's happened like, a lot, right? Yeah. To every great city, like London, Moscow, Chicago. Or is Toronto due for a great fire? <clears throat> Who knows? Yeah. I think we are. So, so yeah. He's had a new... So, the one... The baby passed away on the boat. He had a new son. The son grows up. He's pretty cool. Yeah. But there's okay. tragedy with that son, too. But let's save that for a little bit. All right. Okay. Um... So after the great fire that leveled Moscow, that he that people noticed that he watched from eight thousand miles away of a safe distance in a nice place, um, <laughs> he suddenly grew incredibly sick very early in his. Ivan reign. the Terrible did. Yeah, and he and his okay. condition deteriorated, and it looked like they were going to have another succession crisis. And uh, the Cesarevich, his son, was still an infant, so they didn't like the idea of having another little kid czar again. So what they did was they had plans to make Ivan's cousin Vladimir take the throne just in case he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And he was really sick, so it looked like he wasn't going to make it. To everyone's shock, he got better. And uh, when they greeted him, uh, the newly recovered czar, it says here, they found a whole new man in front of them, a man who was much more disturbed than he had once been. Uh-oh. This is when he started leading all his giant wars, too, after this. So he he wanted access to the Baltic Sea. He wanted, um, which I don't think he ever got fully. He, uh, what is it? Oh, yeah, here, this is a good, this is from biography.com. In foreign policy, Ivan... The third, he was also Ivan the third, had two main goals to resist the Mongol Golden Horde, which I freaking love that name, and I love picturing the Mongol Golden Horde riding over the mountain coming to get you. 
It's fun imagining that they were made of gold. Yeah, or a, like a light of <laughs> gold emanated behind them as they charged towards you, bringing uh, you know, your dad. And they have like the the guy playing guitar from Mad Max Fury Road yeah. on one of the horses. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool, but he's just wearing like a gold jockstrap or something. <laughs> can I just say, can I just say, I would have hated to be an average, you know, peasant at that time, because, you know, on the left, mm-hmm. I've got fucking Ivan the Terrible and his, mm-hmm. you know, his police or his army harassing Oh, I haven't me. even gotten to his army yet. Well, and then on the right, I've got the damn Golden Horde coming to, you know, slaughter me. And uh, yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, grow some Potatoes? wheat. Potatoes? Potatoes, yeah. wheat? I don't know. Yeah, it definitely was a time where, like... Really cool heavy metal could have been a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like oh my god, the Mongol Golden Horde. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, you know. Yeah, it, let's just say it wasn't the, the the kind of time where music like uh, Erasure or the Human League would have been popular. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, New Order. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe New Order. West End Girls. <laughs> <laughs> father, father, listen to this new song I heard. West End Girls. Everybody out of here, the Golden Horde's coming. <laughs> In the western part of Nanow. How's it going? The eastern boys and west end girls. Oh, no. Genghis west Khan's people murdered Morrissey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god a spear just went up my ass and came out my mouth <laughs> all i want to do is dance what am i gonna tell my wife <laughs> so i wanna be with you and make believe with you erasure <laughs> i didn't know there was stuff inside my body that the spear could break you know like they weren't that educated back then. They probably thought a spear could go in their butt, come out their mouth, and it would still be fine. Like, ah, didn't hit anything. <laughs> well, it's like that, that famous story of the guy, was he like a railway worker who got like a spike through his skull and he survived? Like he lived mm. the rest of his life normally, but he had, I guess they removed it or maybe it was stuck. Anyway, he didn't get killed, which is, uh, it's a miracle. The human that body. That guy probably had really miracle. dumb opinions after that because not mm-hmm. knowing a lot about the human body, he was probably yeah. like, there's nothing in there, guys. I had a spike go right through it. I'm telling you, you can. there's nothing in there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like anyone who dies just isn't trying hard enough. <laughs> yeah. I got a and spike he- through the head and I'm fine. All this liberal bullshit about there being something else in your head is going crazy. And he goes on the national there's nothing in there tour. <laughs> yeah, it's like Steven Crowder, Ben Shapiro, this guy. People, there's nothing in there. It's a conspiracy. But uh, now let's get into the deliciously despicable. This yeah, is why, the why era is it called of, the damn terrible? It's yeah. the reign. Okay, well, now we're going to talk about the reign of terror. Okay. His wife Anastasia died, and Ivan went ballistic. He was made a big show of uh, somebody poisoned her, and he, you know, was quite probably some of the boyer. And um, this is another case where centuries later they did dig dig up Anastasia's bones and find that she was poisoned. So it's like. <laughs> You know, it really was like 
There were snakes in his like castle trying to poison people around him all the time. So I, before I get into the reign of terror, I just got to tell you that he he was clearly sunk into a deep depression. Basically, this is when Ivan the Terrible never comes back, okay, from being cuckoo, you know? So he, he was a bit hard done by, gets really sick, starts getting a bit disturbed, then yeah. his wife is poisoned and killed. Now he's off the damn rails. Yeah. But in a bizarre twist, uh, he began his reign of terror by abdicating the crown. So what? he suddenly leaves Moscow and I sends really? letters to the Kremlin announcing that he plans to give up the th- the throne. He claims there's treasonous boyars were stealing his money, and so he, he doesn't want to rule anymore. <laughs> um, so then what happens is uh, he, had, he really had no intention of giving up his power. So he knew that the actual people of Moscow were still on his side um, so that the boyars would be completely helpless without him. So they basically had to come begging back for him, be like, we need you to rule, okay? So he basically made the boyars come and beg him to come back. And he's like, okay, I'll come back and reign. And now he's drunk on power. And it's this, that thing of absolute right. power corrupts, absolutely. Now he's got everybody kissing his feet. And, right. uh, you know, he's, he's granted the ability to imprison traitors, traitors, execute them, take oh. all the possessions for himself. And how does he decide who was a traitor? Uh, he he basically just like says you're a traitor, and so this and this, is, rem- this, this reminds is me of like an, oh sorry I was just gonna say this reminds me of when you're in a relationship if if you go like okay I don't I'm breaking up and then the other person is like no 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 wait come back then the power shifts he oh, basically pulled the game on them damn Skippy yeah you have to do everything I want <laughs> that's what he did. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah he he does what every uh fascist tyrannical leader does what do you think that is he starts a freaking private police force called the opera chnina opera chnina and uh they basically just go to town rooting out traitors and executing them in front of everybody uh they're bl- they they wear all black clad they're secret police and it says here, Ivan pulled men from every corner of Russian society and gave them everything they ever wanted. Money, power, you name it. And that, that was the Oprichniki. And uh, th- so they were, of course, intensely devoted to the Tsar. Chris, hearing you describe them, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think I hate the Oprichniki. I would be really? damn yeah. scared of these guys. Yeah, so they committed the worst atrocities. They basically created a purge for him. It was like the vague accusations of conspiracy, which is, this is the part that really is, how would you say it, Mike? It's like, this is the payback for like, feeling like shit as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it really seems like it is, because it's like, uh, it's just drunk on power and like not wanting, like, you're not poisoning anyone near me ever again. I'm leveling the playing field. So it's like if it's like yeah. if you were a nerd as a kid and then you become rich. Yeah, or you like if a you're, you become a comedian and then you bomb and then you become like a muscle man or something. <laughs> <laughs> so was he uh, super paranoid and just he thought everyone was after him? So he had this sort of secret police force, but like around him, I or was can't it? Tell. I think he was paranoid, but I also think from what I read, it's also like just power. You know? Now, is it because 
Russia has such a do- well-documented history that it seems like Russia has a tendency to have guys with this personality be in charge or or is every country like that because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like every country is like that but maybe I'm wrong. I think that there's definitely something to say about long-standing histories that runs through DNA. <laughs> and I think like also we have learned even in Canada here that trauma can last generations upon generations. So it really does seem to be maybe, yeah, this is like a style that happens over there continuously. Because you know who ended up being a fan of Ivan the Terrible? You'll never guess. Uh, Boris Yeltsin? (laughs) (laughs) Close. Joseph Stalin ended up championing Ivan the Terrible during his reign. Right. and and here's just an aside. You know how Sergei Eisenstein made the Ivan the Terrible Part 1, Part 2? He was originally planned to make the th- films a trilogy, and he didn't get to make the third one because St- Stalin loved the first one, but while he was watching the second one, he started to go, okay, I get it. <laughs> You're freaking talking about me. It'd be funny if, um, because like, it was an you allegory. know... You read the newspaper when Stalin's in power, and it's like, oh, he sa- says here he really likes what <laughs> Ivan the Terrible did. Oh. <laughs> and then someone's like, hmm, I-, I don't know too much about him, but that sounds interesting. It's like, yeah, his name is Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? He gets my vote. You this don't get to vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even get to vote. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ah, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this. Uh, this is from factinate.com. I thought this... I read this article today. It was really good. Um, you'll like this, Mike. To keep the Oprichniki <laughs> happy, Ivan gave them massive estates in his now ever-increasing Oprichnina, uh, which means that Ivan's brutal su- secret police were now the landlords of the regular people. Wow. Imagine um, having so a cough as like? Do you think they yeah. were good landlords? <laughs> Um, hey, uh, Mikhail, um, I, my toilet has not been flushing for two weeks straight. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me come. I'll fix it. You know, like he's a really good landlord against all odds. Um, There, I cut off your bum with a sword. Now you will have no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, jokes, actually, I still have problems. I still defecate. It just is less comfortable. (laughs) Um, I've been calling you for three weeks now and the, the, uh, the poison tap is still broken. <laughs> so, this is huge. There's a place called Novgorod. And in that time, it was an important city, uh, almost close as a, to, in Russia, almost as important as Moscow. Um, it was still managing to prosper under Ivan's tyranny, and it became a favorite haven of his critics. So, as you can imagine, Ivan wasn't too happy about that. The Tsar became increasingly paranoid and started seeing conspiracies everywhere, which we've already talked about. But he, but he focused that all on Novgorod. And so, this is when it gets insanely dark. Basically, he sent the, the uh, Oprichnina over to <laughs> Novgorod for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And they basically just, like, slaughtered everybody, executing anyone in the city who seemed like a threat. So, basically, do you hear what he said? Like, he's, <laughs> the, 
the ruler of your country uh, just ordered a, a war against you, your city. But so, so the, the peasants were like, okay. <laughs> you know? So he just slaughtered a whole city because he, he thought they didn't like him. That seems like a bad political move. But I can relate to that because, you know, when you live in the biggest city or like a, a fun city uh, in your country... A lot of people are jealous or resent your city. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. I'll never apologize for living in the best city in Canada. <laughs> so around this time, too, like, do you guys remember when uh, Ivan was, like, really sick for a while and they weren't sure what was going on? So they yeah, they, they thought that his cousin Vlad might succeed him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he forgave Vladimir uh, when he came back at that time, but he never forgot. And so now, um, you know, after his wife was gone, there was no one to protect Vladimir from Ivan's wrath. So uh, his vengeance, what he did was he took his cousin Vladimir, he burned his palace to the ground, took all of his land, and accused (laughs) him of treason. This is his cousin. Just because the boyer nominated him to take over in case he died. This is what's happening to him. Then... At, at Ivan's own residence, he forced Vladimir and his young children to take poison in front of him. <laughs> and Vladimir's mother and wife weren't there. Luckily, they were spared. They were in a different city at the time. But just a few days later, they caught up with them and they were drowned in a river. So he, he mixed it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, but the river was poison. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> now, I've heard of, of not liking your cousins, but this guy took it to extremes. I, I would never poison my cousins or, or drown them, you know? No, I wouldn't either. Uh, I completely disagree with this, and I'm against everything he's doing here. I wouldn't put my brother in a jail cell to starve to death, and I wouldn't make my cousin drink poison. I love my family. Okay, well, let's go back to Novgorod. Okay. To defend his horrific actions, Ivan claimed that Novgorod planned a defect from Russia and joined nearby Poland, Lithuania. Uh, there's no uh, concrete evidence to back it up, but that wasn't going to stop him. In the summer of 69, 1569, not the lovely 1969. Poisoned my cousin and drowned his wife. <laughs> was the summer of 69. Oh, they said you shouldn't poison your family. I said, fuck you. Oh, they said don't drown your aunt. I said, go fuck yourself. Those were the best days of my life. <laughs> yeah, I burned his palace to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone in my family should not be forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he pointed the op- opportunity towards Novgorod. Uh, they left a path of destruction in their wake, terrorizing every village they came across. So it's not even... Damn. Novgorod, it's all these villages full of just peasants that are literally like, can I have a piece of bread and go to sleep? Because I need to work. Like, that's all they do. Okay, this is what it would happen. In each of the villages uh, his armies passed through, uh, they had prominent merchants, merchants and officials rounded up, seeking proof that Novgorod was planning to defect. So not like seeking proof that they were innocent. It was just like, Let's find a way to say that they are bad and deserve this, basically. 
They nice. put men to the question, and his methods were horrifying. Prisoners were roasted over bonfires, strung up by their hands, and subjected to a horrifying fire-making device known as the grill. That ain't right. Sounds yeah. like something Guy Fieri dreamed up. <laughs> put a little Franks on this guy. Franks Red Hot. Um, yeah, he didn't find the proof he wanted. Uh, but he came too far to let it stop. Uh, finally, they made it to the city, and that's when the true nightmare began. So, so that was not the true nightmare yet when they were roasting. Just, <laughs> every article I was, every article I read, so t- was like, yeah. And then the nightmare started. Then the rain. It's like the rain of terror already started. No, it just keeps getting worse. So, how many people d- did he, did his army or whatever, end up just dis- totally destroying this town? Yeah, from what it says, uh, and remember, this is the 1500s, 4,500 people. Um, okay. Doesn't sound like a lot. That seems okay. More than um, 9-11. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I just want to tell you this river thing. Um, so when they tired of killing, the Opportunikis started letting the brutal Russian winter do the dirty work for them. Men, <laughs> women, and children were all indiscriminately tied up, thrown into the Volkov River where they became trapped under the frigid ice. And so when they would actually, if they made it to the shore and would try to um, get back out, they the, the soldiers were patrolling in boats armed with hooks and spears to push the people back under the ice. <laughs> God. It's yeah. their, own, their own countrymen. <laughs> yeah. For a made-up, paranoid, angry reason. Yeah. Well, he literally, all he had to do was literally wage wars to gain land and make sure that mm-hmm. the s- society was safe to like farm and and yeah. feed each other. Instead, he was like, <laughs> y'all are going to get it now. The guy's a stinker. Ivan the stinker, they should have called him. Yeah. So there's a lot to say, but... As you can see, like the atrocities go on for years and the reign of terror goes on for years, executions, all this kind of torture stuff for no real reason. I mean, clearly he had dissenters. How could he not? And no one ever succeeded in, like, were people trying to to kill him in his inner circle because they were like, this is bad or? Well, this is interesting. Okay, I'll tell you, he, he ended up not dying in a brutal way. He died, uh... Oh, Mike, you'll really like this. Where is it? Let me find it. Windsurfing. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. He died um, playing uh, chess. Oh. You serious? Yeah. Yeah. He was playing chess, and then he had a stroke. But then people dug up his bones centuries later <laughs> and found high levels of mercury in it. So he could have been poisoned, too, while playing chess. But the thing is, is... His bones were also so riddled with disease that people think the mercury could have come from massive amounts of ointment he would put on himself because he's, his body would have been in constant pain at that time anyways. Hmm. Huh. I'll just tell you the Life one really was thing. harder back then, huh? We <laughs> 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 pretty easy. <laughs> Look at the dumb stuff we complain about. <laughs> now if you got an ache, you just go and eat a bag of chips on the couch. Yeah. Back then, you got to smother your knee in mercury. <laughs> uh, so his remember I brought up his son, 
the good one that was like smart like okay he had two sons one was like weak and brittle and kind of devoted his time to the church but he was a cowardly man and not brave the other one uh cesarevich or whatever he was by his father's side all the time but even he could tell that his father was kind of making bad decisions but he still never said anything but one time ivan got the hint that his son didn't agree with him and in a in an angry rampage he ran at his uh pregnant wife his son's pregnant wife who had child and just like beat her up and then she had a miscarriage finally his son who doted on him and was loyal to him all the time goes to him like dad what that freak man <laughs> he just killed my son you <laughs> he know? was like really christian he wouldn't swear <laughs> yeah he was like what the Are freak you freaking serious? <laughs> yeah yeah he was like what the freak Jump, dad jumping jehoshaphat's dad <laughs> yeah someone said, woke you- up on the wrong side of the bed but he said, you know what? You are doing, you are acting crazy right now. You are doing bad stuff, you know? So his dad was just like flown into a huge fury. And Ivan the Terrible took his staff or his scepter or whatever he was holding and <laughs> smashed his his son on the head. His son falls to the ground. Pool of blood comes out. Uh, Ivan the Terrible realizes what he did, gra- grabs his son and goes like, my son, I killed my son. I killed my son. And everyone's like, yeah. And then, so anyways, he freaking <laughs> killed his own son with a scepter to the head. This See, that's guy, cool. In a way, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but it's cool. And I do wish that more, you know, royals did that kind of thing. It would make, you know, life just more exciting. Mike, I'm glad you took that point of view because I feel the exact opposite. And it's going to be good for... You know, to make the show interesting, if we debate yes. this, I disagree with what he did. I don't think you should take a scepter and hit your son in the head ever, frankly. So, I, you know, we were on other sides of the aisle on this one. Mm. Um, I just I just have to be honest. I disagree. Chris, I what do you think? Did, I can't believe he did that. That's evil. It's pretty in, bad, in my opinion. So then when he died after playing chess like a nerd... <laughs> his weak scrawny son takes over Uh-oh. and he sucks and the 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 russia keeps continually falling into chaos because his son doesn't know how to do anything there's massive like chaos for about 15 years because uh, the boyers are all trying to panic and fight and argue over who should reign and all this kind of stuff because his little scrawny son never had a never has an heir to the throne. So finally, that's the end of that lineage. Fifteen years later, he's dead, and they elect, yeah, Michael Romanov. And oh, is it the first of the Romanovs? It's the first, which and then, as you Whoa. know, reigned until that fateful revolution in nineteen seventeen. Huh? Yeah, it was the wow. Romanovs for like freaking centuries, man. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So that's the end of Ivan, huh? So, so he... yeah, I mean, there's so much more, but this was like so chunky, and I really apologize mm. for having to like read some of the websites because oh, not it's so all. much. I, I'm always so nervous that I'm going to forget some information. Yeah, Chris. Oh, there's but someone revving a... an engine. That's, uh, that's oh my a... god, it's Ivan. He's back, <laughs> and he's got a motorcycle. 
Japan, nerds. <laughs> um, d- did it say anywhere who was pl- who Ivan was playing chess with when he died? Because I, you'd have to think if Ivan is like you're, you're, you know, you're in your room in the palace, and there's like a knock at the door, and Ivan's like, "Do you want to play chess against me?" And you're like, eh, "Kind of no, but I can't, I can't say yeah, no." You're but definitely I can't trying to lose that match. Yeah, you're not going to try and play your best chess. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> the only way you can win. Is if you poison him beforehand. <laughs> yeah. I got to send you this picture, Mike, though. It, someone painted a picture of him with his stroke face while sitting in front of a chessboard. And like his advisor's looking worried at him like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> it's a really funny painting. I've heard of an O face, but a stroke face. I've never heard of this. Chess got him. Um. Oh, damn. So I suck at chess. The, like, the guy was had he was demented, and people. I've read that people thought maybe he had mental illness. <laughs> it's not his fault. He had ADD. Yeah, he had ADHD. <laughs> I think. Do you think? Yeah, I guess we're playing armchair psychologists here, psychiatrists. Uh, you know, we're not trained, but yeah, I yeah. guess we could try and diagnose him. Yeah. I think he was a nervous Nelly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so there you go. Like, his dad was only adequate. His mom was a psycho that made her brothers starve to death in a cell just because she thought he had uh, designs on his own power. Then mm-hmm. he's born. Everyone treats him like shit, like a rodent that they kick to the curb. Then he, at 16, he... He gets his power. Uh, then the rest of his life, he well, he he's kind of all right. He's mad, but he marries, and he's kind of all right because his his wife is nice. They lose two daughters and a son, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Then he has one good, healthy, strong son. Then his wife dies, and then there's no turning back. He, he goes basically bonkers. goes to war with his own country, his own countrymen, yeah. kills peasants, makes them drown, barbecues them. He reminds me of Walter White. He reminds me of Walter White. It's Breaking Bad to the max. Yeah. Can I throw this out there? I can do a a pretty good, very small Jesse impression. Can I throw it out there? Sure. What do you mean, bitch? Like, doesn't he kind of talk like that? You know what I'm talking about? You know, Jesse, he'd always be like, get away, bitch. He'd always call everybody bitch, and he talks kind of like that. That sounds a little bit like Joan Rivers, but I also I, <laughs> I can see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for letting me try that. <laughs> You're not gonna believe it, but he did have a Saul type guy, and okay. um, so they they were always fighting with the uh, the Devlet of Crimea. So this is another weird thing. We're talking about the 1500s, and they mm. still have a battle over land with Crimea at this point. But they 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 did win uh, one big battle uh, against Crimea, and the Russians were outnumbered. But they the brilliant Prince Mikhail Vorotinsky led them to a shocking vi- uh, victory. Vorotinsky completely routed the Crimeans and sent them heading for the hills, saving Moscow from another massacre. Um. So did Ivan the Terrible thank the general who saved Moscow? <laughs> a year later, Ivan accused Vorotinsky of treason and personally subjected him to truly horrific questioning. Uh, Vorotsky died of his injuries soon after. Absolutely no one was safe from his madness. 
even those who served him the best. So there you go. That was maybe his Saul? Wow. Okay, here, look. So this is like the prince, right? Uh, Mikhail's body was placed between two bonfires, and the Tsar personally raked the burning coals closer to his holy body with an accursed staff. That's from an excerpt. Uh, following the tur- torture, the badly burnt boyer was taken to Carrillo Belozersky Monastery. He died on the way and was buried in the monastery. Anyways, you know he put some coals up the guy's damn butt. You know he did. <laughs> Ouch! Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. He talks like Popeye. <laughs> That's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> when you're stuffing hot coals up a guy's butt. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> well, Don't it's you too guys bad. think that's so funny? <laughs> a guy roasting alive and you stick a hot burning coal up his ass. Ow! <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> it's like his... His protesting the hot coal burning his ass is an insult to the czar. <laughs> My well, brain is broken now. It's too bad Ivan the Terrible did all this stuff, and it's 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 too bad he never paused and thought, hmm, why do they call me the Terrible? Maybe I should adjust my behavior, you know? You're right. You're right. Well, so I guess at the end of these episodes, we make the declaration, is he an evil man or not? I think this one's pretty straightforward. He's evil. I'm going to have to agree with you, James, uh, judging by his actions, the way he treated uh, his enemies and his friends. The guy, and even animals. And animals, you know. You know uh, to his credit, he likes the arts. And, <laughs> and chess. And chess. You know, and he likes yeah. literature, but that's not enough. You know, you've also got to be a nice person. So uh, yes. I'm going to say he's evil. Yep. Chris? I think his father planted an evil seed into his mother. And after he had a stroke playing chess, his evil bones spread evil into the ground he was buried in. Yeah. So it's three, three of us voting evil. Ivan the Terrible... Yeah, evil. Ivan the Terrible, <laughs> you're canceled. <laughs> well, that was Quiet. fun. Um, well, good job, Chris. That was a lot of fun and uh, very interesting stuff um, about Ivan the tea. The you got me hungry for a nice Russian dinner tonight. Oh. Mm, what are you going to have? Some cabbage soup and some black bread. Oh, Mike, don't spoil yourself. <laughs> when you read, I read uh, Crime and Punishment last summer, and there's a bunch of, <laughs> a yeah, bunch of instances where Dostoevsky describes what the characters are eating. It's always like, they ate cabbage soup <laughs> or like yeah. fish pie. It sounds not very appetizing. Hot water with a couple onion slices floating <laughs> in it and a cigarette. <laughs> Raskolnikov devoured his cigarette soup. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to, uh, if you don't already, uh, subscribe to the show, visit us on Patreon, and uh, help us out if you can, and uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. What is our? What are the handles there, James? At Evil Men Pod for both. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, until next time, guys. Evil Men. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!